Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a life with respect, dignity, and fulfillment. But as we transition into elderhood, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here are Phyllis and Rubina. Welcome to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. I'm here again with my co-host, Rubina Chaudhry, who is in California. How are you doing, Rubina? I'm doing well, Phyllis. How are you? I'm doing great. So how was your Mother's Day? Well, it was very good. We did uh, a family Zoom session, and uh, everybody had a, had a good conversation. Oh, that's great. I, um, I spent some time at my daughter's house with my grandchildren and wound up coming home with a wonderful banana bread. So it was really, wow, that's great. It was that's really great. great. So uh-huh. um, you had a chance to connect with your mom today um, or this weekend? I mean, yesterday or this weekend? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. So, uh, on the telephone only, not on uh, uh, on a FaceTime call because they were very busy, and I couldn't oh. book a time on the on their tablet. But uh, I was able to talk and say see that she's okay. But I am scheduled to FaceTime with her this coming Thursday, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's great, uh, and that's the subject of our show. Um, it's about, um, you know, video calls and FaceTiming and all of that, um, that stuff through this wonderful technology. I had seen a webinar on McKnight's uh, Long-Term Care, and um, it was about person-centered technology, and I thought it was so terrific that I connected with the owner of the company, and now we've all been talking and emailing, and I thought it would be great to... Um, to have this information for our listeners. You know, Phyllis, it's so true. All the places we will go and all the people <laughs> that will come into our way as we're on our way, and we will connect and meet with each other. It's, it's just been wonderful since you watched that webinar. Yeah, it has been just terrific. So um, with that said, I'll uh, just tell the listeners a little bit about our guest, Jack York who is co-founder of IN2L, which stands for It's Never Too Late. I think that's so clever, which is a company dedicated to helping older adults realize the full benefits of adaptive technology. And the company was actually an outgrowth of a philanthropic idea to donate computers to assisted living facilities and nursing homes in Southern California, where you are. Uh, Yes, yes. Yeah, right. And with his 15-year background in in the Silicon Valley, Jack saw vast potential in fostering these connections, but also saw that conventional technology was really too difficult for most residents to use in a meaningful way. And uh, Jack is a sought-after national and international speaker on technology to create personalized experiences that engage and connect older adults with their loved ones in the world at large specifically individuals with dementia. 
And as of 2019, the company has a customer base of 3,000 senior living communities spread across all 50 states. And uh, I and Tuwell's work has really been recognized by the Wall Street Journal, NPR, and dozens of senior living publications. So I'm so thrilled, that Rubina, that we can have Jack with us here today. So how are you doing, Jack? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's it's always kind of surreal when you hear somebody read your uh, your biography <laughs> online, but uh, I do uh, really. I, I just appreciate the the opportunity to talk, and I think you know, in a in a time where there's a lot of angst and a lot of uh, a lot of just kind of scary things out there, I think it's uh, it's a delight to talk for a little while about some things that are really very positive through all of this. And uh, again, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so um, from your perspective of your business, uh, what changes have you seen in how communities are trying to connect, with, uh, to connect families and their loved ones? Well, when we started the company, again, it was, gosh, 20 years ago, 1999, the, the concept of technology for older adults just in general, was was just beginning, and much less in senior living communities, and much less people dealing with any kind of physical or, or cognitive disability. So, to me, it was just a very common sense thing that it doesn't matter how old you are, we all want to be connected and to to what's relevant to us, whether it's musically or spiritually or friends and family. That doesn't go away when you age. And so, I think I think the biggest thing that I've seen from kind of a macro standpoint over the last couple of months, and certainly this is, has been changing a lot over the years, but dramatically changed the last couple of months, is just the whole relevance of isolation, of keeping people away from isolation and keeping them engaged and connected. All of a sudden, it's just leapt forward to be really you know, close to being at the top of, of what needs to be solved for. True. I mean, I've been, um, as the listeners know, and Rubina, you know, we, we, we are involved in this in very different ways. Uh, Rubina's mother is a distance away in a rehab center now uh, because she fell and broke her hip. And um, I work in nursing homes and have been uh, during this period of time with the virus. So uh, we've both experienced this issue with connection from different points of view. And so, you know, I've seen certainly this change as as, uh, people are trying to engage residents with their loved ones, and it's not an easy thing. So can can you tell us a little bit about your technology and how you facilitate that, those connections? Sure. And, uh, again, as I said before, we've been doing it for for a long time. We've really built the company on – group engagement on very creative ways to just take activity programming that oftentimes I think, I hate to generalize, but oftentimes in communities, especially in nursing homes, the activity program, uh, activity programming for people that were teachers and doctors and lawyers and welders and whatever they were, but oftentimes it's just, it's, it's very, it can be unintentionally, I think, very demeaning. And so we just saw there's got to be a better way to do it through all of the, the content that has arisen as the, as the last few years have, have, uh, have arrived from a technology standpoint. 
you, you don't just just because or to, to make something easy doesn't mean that you have to make it childish. It doesn't have, you don't have to make it demeaning. Mm. So what we've really done is mm-hmm. through a Good variety point. of different kinds of, yeah, just through a variety of different technologies, we allow uh, activity directors, uh, rec therapists, uh, physical, occupational, and speech therapists, just ways to keep people engaged through what, what matters to them. And what's happened over the year, over the last two, three years, we have, we have a, in, just a really strong installed customer base of, of organizations doing really remarkable things with our product through touchscreen interfaces and all kinds of content. But there had always been a, a kind of a clamoring for how do you take this group experience and make it something that's meaningful for an individual. And that's what's all of a sudden just leapt to the, like I said before, just kind of jumped to the top of the, of the food chain of how do you bring this to a person when group activities are, are not appropriate right now or discouraged. And so as a company, we've really put a lot of effort. Uh, we've kind of, I, I think you see companies doing this all over the place and organizations doing this all over the place where you just kind of, you have to change your, your uh, just how you're working for right now. And so we've really put all of our engineering resources into what can we do to tablets that could be an individual's rooms. And so it's just been, a lot of it is driven by a very easy video chat where a lot of the video chat options that are out there require different kinds of setup from both ends. And, and you have a stressed out caregiver with 30 minutes in one person's room and then 30 minutes in another 30 person's minutes. room. Wow. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen yeah, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, you just well, you just want to make it easy right. to make that connection, and and you both have a personal connection to what it's like, and I think that that's all of a sudden it's become real to a lot of us who are dealing with our loved ones and not being able to see them from Mother's Day. Right. I'm sure a lot of you experienced that yesterday, <laughs> just from a Mother's Day stamp. <laughs> yes, you know, yes, one of the things that um, that I just. Uh, um, an idea that came across uh, when we were talking when I saw this webinar and I said, wow, I really hadn't thought of this. And it just goes to show the more you talk to people and share ideas, you know, things come to the forefront that you hadn't thought of before. And, um, you know, this would be interesting, I guess, Rubina, for me to know from your mom's point of view, um, but you had said, Jack, in this webinar and about your technology that people can connect with other people in their facilities, and that's something I don't think uh, people have thought about, that now that they, you can participate in communal activities or communal dining, um, but people may have established relationships with other people in a facility that they're used to seeing, you know, their friends, their table mates, and now they can't can't see them at all. And I, I don't think many facilities have thought about that. And your technology allows them to do that, right? To connect with, with let's say, other people in, in their facility. Yeah, and yeah, just there. You know, obviously, I'm enamored with our technology and our company, but it just there's just incredible creativity that's out there. Uh, among residents, among staff, as to how to use technology, and uh, I, I know we're being—I think you're in Southern California. One of our uh, one of our customer partners is an organization called Front Porch, and they, to what you're speaking about, Phyllis, that they have totally driven that. Where in a lot of their communities, 
they'll have one of their residents drive uh, just different kinds of uh, live streams of just talking about what's going on for the day, and you see all the other all the other residents wow. in their own rooms or on their porches or whatever, and just being able to stay connected. And I think you, the technology really needs to be flexible to deal with where people are cognitively. Because I mean, it is just gut-wrenching stories you hear of people living with dementia that maybe they're used to having their their kids come visit them a couple times a week, and all of a sudden the kids aren't showing up, and the staff is wearing masks, and there's just so many things that are that are leading to really just disconnection. And we've really spent a lot of time trying to focus on on that population that would really struggle with conventional technology and oftentimes would need help. But it's just been so re- it's been so rewarding in, in the midst of just the horror of what's happening. It has been incredibly rewarding for us to see, you know, just hundreds of different stories and emails and social media posts of how our technology is keeping people connected. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very, very true, uh, true, Jack, and thank you for joining us. You know, social isolation is uh, considered one of the leading causes of, uh, you know, uh, leading health issues, leading causes of disease, etc., uh, for seniors. And I think this technology and the users and other technologies similar to that are really, really at the fore- forefront of that. And you hit on a couple of very good points where um, uh, where myself and Phyllis and and, uh, and the organization that I represent, uh, Olive Community Services, that we've really been trying to sort of uh, address proactively, uh, and that is that the people that are senior, they are very capable individuals, very accomplished individuals. You know, how can we harness some of that? And I think your technology would help that. Do you have recording capability as well, where we could record stories of your uh, of the clients on the on the device as well? Yeah, I, I think that the the and as I was saying, at, I think the the first uh, question you ask is that it, it, a lot of these things have nothing to do with aging. That it's we all have our own ways we want to stay engaged and connected, but there's different levels of experience people have with technology. There's different levels of cognition that they're dealing with. What we like about our, our platform is that it, you have the ability for a resident to have their own picture, and when you touch your picture, it opens up to your own content behind it. And if you're, if you're independent, then it's great. You can obviously, it's very easy and intuitive to set up. You can just do it on your own. But I think my favorite part about that individualization is that for people that are in maybe a different place cognitively, the family members from their own computer at home, they can be building the experience of what's behind their loved one's picture. So maybe it's video clips of the grandkids. Maybe it's where they like to travel virtually. Maybe it's the newspaper that they like to read. Maybe it's the game they like to play. A lot of times the caregivers, in, you know, as well-meaning as they are, they're not going to know a lot of some of that personal information. And it's great to be able to have a platform that allows the family members to remotely be able to build that content. But that, again, it's, it's, it, 
you can certainly have video clips. You can have anything. And what I, one thing I like, just so I don't forget about it, is I think everybody does love the concept of a video chat, and we're seeing, you know, thousands of examples of that happening. But it's also, again, from a stressed-out caregiver standpoint, it's nice, too, for a family member to be able to live, to be able to leave just a, a, maybe a daily video for for mom or for grandma. And mm-hmm. it can be watched as many times during the day as they want to watch it. And, and to the person mm-hmm. with some kind of cognitive issues, it, it can look fresh and new every time they see it. So it's really just mm-hmm. limitless what you can do. And, again, it all just ties to the fact that it doesn't matter when we age, we all still have things that are important to us and are, and are relevant to us, and why should they lose that just mm-hmm. because they're older or just because they're in a, a senior living community mm-hmm. or just because they're dealing with some kind of, of cognitive issue. Well, that's, yeah. that's so interesting, Jack, because uh, uh, I, I could really use that feature for where my mom is, because the unit she's in, there are not many people, maybe one or two staff that speak the language that she does, and it would be ideal to have have something there for her like this where we could record and uh, and uh, send information so you have been thinking a lot and a long time and it's obvious and uh, mm. i'm really just blown away by the insight that you have in this area you know we um, we have to go to break but when um um, I want to continue that, what you just said, uh, Rubina, about the okay. insights and the insights into this technology because I actually thought of something. I made a note as Jack was talking, and I have a specific question after you know we, we get back into the discussion, especially about people with dementia and uh, linking it to what you just said, even if, you know where your mother is concerned. So we're going to take a short break on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and we'll be back in a few to continue the conversation with Jack York from IN2L. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Phyllis Heyman, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. This is Rubina with my co-host Phyllis and our guest Jack York from It's Never Too Late, INQL, a technology platform for seniors in senior care facilities. Uh, Jack, at the end of last segment, I was really quite touched with your description of your technology and uh, thought about how it might help my mother who is in a situation where, uh, where there are not many people that speak her language. How has your technology and other technologies been effective um, for, you know, addressing diverse needs? Language. Yeah, no, that's a great question and a very relevant question, and uh, and it's something that is it's it's amazing when you look back when we started the company, the kind of things you could do now that you could never have even imagined back then. But I think when you look at, we love to be a platform that can launch different kinds of content that are out there on the internet, and especially you know it's just it's just fascinating what you can do with a, with an internet uh, uh, Google search. Uh, you never have a dog in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's amazing when you, when you look through uh, YouTube and you look through just the content that's out there and being able to find uh, different uh, ethnic music, being able to find things that are relevant for whoever your, your mom or dad is and what they like. And you know what, what's, what I love about that too when we hear the stories about it, is a lot of times, even before the pandemic, is a family member can feel so helpless as to what can they do for mom or dad, especially if mom or dad is in a, in a tough place cognitively or maybe a long distance away. It's great just to spend time, you know, on your own computer finding, oh, mom would like that clip or mom would like that music or let me leave a video clip every morning for mom so that, she wakes up to me giving her some words of encouragement. You just there, There's such a, I don't know if it's guilt is the right word or not, but there's just a lack of connection that can drift into play that is just kind of a normal part of aging. And I just, I love to hear and just see the kind of content that's out there. It's easy to use our platform to distribute. And what's also powerful about that is, is oftentimes the staff is not going to know not only the, the language, but they certainly aren't going to know what's the content that would react to, uh, to, to mom or dad. My, my mom mm-hmm. passed away, you know, 20 some years ago, but I, I know I could absolutely spend an hour and I, I could build a, a content experience that I know that she would love. And it's, uh, again, it's just great to be able to give families something that makes them feel like they're, they're part of a solution not just kind of kind of wringing their hands of what they can do. You know, um, well, we, if I, if I may, just um, you know, when you when you were talking about that, and I mentioned this before we went to break, that I had this. Uh, I have been talking about legacy books for a while, and people creating legacy books, but not only in terms of um, passing this on to the next generation, but um, in terms of 
uh, being in a facility of any sort, long-term care, assisted living facility, and creating like a getting-to-know-me book so that if there's a new caregiver that comes to a unit, especially for people who have dementia, um, and doesn't know, let's say, that the person loves strawberry ice cream or only loves tea with their lunch, there would be a, a kind of a getting-to-know-me book so so they would know those things. Uh, so it, it makes the relationship easier and it makes the person with dementia who has a new caregiver feel like somebody knows them and whatever. And you were saying about um, families being able to load content, so I'm thinking that this could be a great and easier way to facilitate um, that information to a caregiver. Yeah, no, we, we've seen that over and over and over again. And, and one of the things that we try to do as a company is not pretend like we have all the right solutions and we look for, for partnerships with organizations that are, that are like-minded and, uh, and, and also trying to do the, the right thing for the, the elders they're serving. We, there's a company that we've partnered with extensively over the years called LifeBio based out of Ohio that uh, they do exactly that. They have all kinds of different ways to online kind of tell the story of, of, their, of someone's mom or dad or the person themselves if they can do it. There's a company called Memory Well based out of D.C. that does uh, excellent work along those lines. And what, in, you're, you're right, uh, Phyllis, that people don't always make the connection. And it, there's so many stories like this. You can go on and on. But you, you, when, you, when you wonder why a gentleman is wandering at 5 in the morning and you think he's agitated and you can't get your hands around it, then you learn that he was a farmer and that's what he spent his whole life doing. And, and you all of a sudden that you just modify the care that you give towards who is that person and that those kinds of stories are, are impossible for a staff worker to know. And that's what we love, the, just the partnerships we've had with organizations that provide that. And that truly is person-centered care. Um, you right. know, I wrote that article uh, that was in McKnight's, person-centered care is not a buzzword. People use person-centered care, but are they really looking at the person and thinking about how to solve the issues and address the issues that they're experiencing with that person, um, if that person especially mm -hmm. can communicate? So this is truly person-centered technology. Definitely, and it's, it's wonderful. And, Jack, on the other side, on the practical side, what are some of the barriers to technology adoption in, uh, in senior living? We know technology can do wonderful things. Yeah, you know, I think that one is kind of pragmatic and one's very more personal. The pragmatic thing, and this is such, you can't, uh, you know, overestimate this, is you've got to have good Wi-Fi within a building. And it's a, it's mm -hmm. a very, a lot of times when you have, especially nursing homes, that may be 30, 40 years old with brick infrastructures and, and old buildings that can be really difficult that, that that's not there. So it's, it's really important before you invest in any kind of technology to invest in the, uh, just the infrastructure to make that happen. They're really, you know, I wish I can speak to some grants that are out there and maybe you'll ask some of those questions in a, in a, mm -hmm. in a few minutes, but there please, are, please, I think, going, yeah, I think there are going to start to be a lot of, uh, of infrastructure funding available because it's just it's not going to go away. The, you know, I think there's legitimate discussions happening in the country as to when do we open 
you know, a restaurant or, you know, when do we open a doctor's office or whatever it may be. But I think it is a long time before nursing homes in particular are going to be open. And so this issue of isolation is just going to be hanging over like a cloud uh, un- unless you address it. And I, and I love to see all the funding mechanisms that are out there for tablets and things and different tools. But if you don't have the right uh, infrastructure to support it, and it, it, it's not enamored, it's just like, like a, it's, it's just decent Wi-Fi connectivity. It's not just in a group area. It needs to be into a person's room. Right. Uh, you're going to wind up with devices and then frustration. So it's really important to uh, to uh, to to have that addressed. I think on a person, uh, you know, that's kind of a a technical issue. There just is a lot of. I think there can be. What we've seen over the last twenty years is there can be just a fear of technology implementation, and, and sometimes the fear is just going to take over my job. Is it, is it going to do this or that? And what what we've right. seen, you know, one of one of our strengths as a company is if you're an activity director, we kind of take away the issue of looking up spiritual content, looking up travel content, looking up music, look all the time that people spend in that. You want to just be able to touch a couple buttons and be in the content that's, that's there and relevant. So I think sometimes there's a fear of technology from not so much from it, it's just, it has nothing to do with people's age again. It's just an experience that people used to be do, used to do a, a job a certain way, and all of a sudden looking at, at, at this tool of technology is a different way to do it. So I think those are the, kind you know, of the two I things you have to watch out. I just thought of something. I had this uh, several years ago. Oh, I think it's seven or eight years ago now. I worked in this building, and they had uh, people from several different countries who uh, didn't speak much English, and I had this idea about getting an iPad that, um, or uh, actually one for this, uh, a couple of units, so one on each unit, where they could bring this iPad, uh, let's say, mounted on something, and um, if the person only spoke French or they had a person that only spoke Polish, that they could take this iPad and they could translate, the caregiver could translate, you know, um, uh, the iPad would translate, you know what I mean, what what the caregiver wanted or the question they wanted right. to ask and vice versa because they had no way to communicate with each other. I couldn't get to first base with this in this particular building with this, but uh, this would be another fantastic use of your technology, I assume. And what Rubina said about no, not many people in the facility speaking your mother's language, I'm just thinking, you know, if every day when you open this technology, somebody had these encouraging words in your language. Remember, Rubina, I I was working in a facility covering a few months ago, and there was a gentleman who came, and I told you from my experience with you and Olive, I said to him, you know, Salam Aleichem, and he was was thrilled. Um, Nobody Mm -hmm. had said that to him or approached him in that way. What a difference it makes. Well, um, you know, we, go, Jack, we, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, we, we had a, we had, a, there is a, a community, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of speak to this globally. The personal anecdotes I, are, are so fascinating to me. There was a gentleman in a community in Nebraska that was Italian, and he, he grew up in Italy, and as his, and he was also an artist. He was a, he was a very well-renowned painter. And as the dementia progressed, he started losing 
the ability to speak English, and we just get so agitated at uh, as he as he couldn't communicate. And so, uh, a woman named Cameo Rogers from a, a company she now works for a company called Emmanuel in in Nebraska. She with our with our device. She, we have a paint program, and so she would put opera, Italian opera in the background <gasps> and then let him paint on the tablet. Oh. And that's what he would do. That's what he would do all day. And just the agitation went away and the, uh, the anxiety went away because he was just back in, in what was comfortable for him. So I think that, you know, on an individual level, there's things you can do right now. That there's, there's magical work being done with voice translation, with this, it's all stuff. I, I never want to over-type what we're doing. We, we are absolutely looking at all these. And it's, oh, and again, maybe you know, we could work them, together you know, in some, <laughs> not to interrupt, maybe we could work together in some capacity as a speech pathologist. I, you know, that's an area that I'm passionate oh, it's, it's about, been, obviously. Yeah, no, it's been, I mean, that, that's a whole other conversation. Good enough, but right. it's like, you know, that example of a, when you're in the middle of a therapy session, to be able to just... Yeah. Right in the middle of the session, type a, n- a phone number in, and all of a sudden your granddaughter's watching you do your arm lifts, and, and you're talking to her while you're doing it. You know, and that just, you know, it's just, it, it just the, the, the li- these things that nothing, it never, it never ends the kind of things you can, you can do and think it, about with your creative. It's really, really so special and so touching, and, and I'm so grateful that we are, we're talking with you, Jack. Because as we are, I've pulled up on my iPad pictures of my mom from my uh, FaceTime session with her. And little did I realize that in the screenshot, I'm up there too. And there's the, on the <laughs> other left corner is her, her aide who has a, a mask on. You know, what a, what a valuable um, memento that I have. And I, I look at it continuously um, or often. Now, I have another question. How long does it take to, to get your tablets? Because I would love to get some and have it sent to ship to where my mom is in rehab as well as in the assisted living where she normally lives. And, uh, and I would like very much to speak with you further about uh, perhaps joining hands with Phyllis and, uh, and us to, uh, to serve more seniors together. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we, what we do as, with our tablets is we take an off-the-shelf Samsung tablet and we okay. put our interface and our content all as, as part of it, and then we, we ship it out. On, on the very conservative side, it, it, you know, I just want to be, I'd rather sure. quote a longer time and then do better. But so worst case is we're talking maybe two and a half, three weeks. But there's, uh, we're, we're, if we're talking your mother, we might be able to do something a little faster. You, you sent me that picture, picture yesterday for Mother's Day, so I, I feel like I know her now. But, uh, no, I think, I mean, if you, I, I think if you, I mean, I like to just kind of quote kind of a three weeks just to be conservative. And we, we've also, just in anticipate, there is starting to be a shortage of tablets and, and anticipating this. We did load up on a mm-hmm. pretty significant amount of inventory. Uh, we're a part of uh-huh. two or three projects, one project in particular called Project Vital in Florida mm-hmm. that has been such a good part and such a meaningful partnership between the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Alzheimer's Association, and ourselves. And I think we're starting to see, you know, in the midst of all of the, 
like I said before, there's a lot of things to be to feel so discouraged about, but there's also interesting things start happening. I, I could never have imagined a partnership like this that we've put together for this Project Vital, and I was yesterday getting texts of from family members connecting us, being able to say happy Mother's Day to their mothers, you know, to their while they're looking at mother in the eye. So, I mean, it's incredibly meaningful work that's being done. And like I said, there's a lot of creative funding mechanisms out there to help get, uh-huh. whether it's our technology or something else, to get some things out. You know, we only have in, in about a, a minute or so left. Um, Jack, if people want to find out more about your company or get in touch with you or the company, how would they, uh, how would they do that? Yeah, our, our website's the easy way to see what we're up to, www.in2l.com, the number two. And I'm, uh, I tell you, I love getting in exchanges and emails and such with people. I do have my, uh, I, I, uh, just Jack York as a Facebook name, and also my email address is jyork, J-Y-O-R-K, at the letter I, the letter N, the number two, and the letter L.com. We also have a whole bunch of free resources that we know and are happy to share. So just uh, whatever the easiest way to, to reach out for us. We, in these times, it's nice to help people out whether or not they're, they're customers or not. Yeah, absolutely. These are very challenging times, and people are looking for help anywhere and any way they can get it. And I'm confident that this conversation has has been helpful for many of our listeners. Um, Rubina, before we um, end, is there any any other yes. information you want to impart or ask Jack about in the last 30 seconds or so that we have left? I mean, uh, Jack, I, I want to again thank you for your lifelong dedication to, to seniors, and uh, Phyllis and I are grateful that we've met, and I think uh, this is only the beginning of a relationship that we will be talking <laughs> Uh, offline. That's right. And and uh, and what I want to share with the listeners for a moment is, is when I called my mom, and her first question was to her aide, "Why is she calling me this way? Like, why am I not coming to visit? This is why is she why is she calling me this way? You know, why are you calling me this way? You know, so that that was her surprise. But thank you so oh, much, and we will definitely be, be working together, and uh, it's been truly a pleasure to meet you and to be texting with you while in preparation for this, uh, uh, this show. Thank you. No, so thank I you. And Go ahead, Jack. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, once you get somebody sending you a picture of their mother, you know it's right. going to be a good relationship. Right. And, and, and oh, I, I, there's no way that I can do that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, has, has this picture not, I know we're going over, has this picture not covered the, the current scenario purposely, uh, perfectly? There's me, there's my mom, and there's the care aide with the uh, mom. Absolutely. As I've said, Rubina, many, many times, you're like the poster child for this situation, right? <laughs> You really are. <laughs> okay. Well, now we will take our break. And, Jack, thank you very much. And we'll be back on Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
Phyllis Amen, the voice for elder care advocacy, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones in short-term rehab, long-term care, or memory care. Her unique knowledge comes from working in over 40 skilled nursing facilities. Phyllis's passion for quality care and quality of life for our loved ones sets her apart. She encourages families to plan by choice, not by crisis. Visit phyllisheldercare.info for a consultation. Phyllis is also a speaker for both the public and private sector on various issues related to caregiving, communication, empathy, and aging. Rabina Chaudhry is president and founder of Mars Services, an engineering management consulting firm, as well as founder and president of Olive Community Services, a 501c3, which provides culturally appropriate supportive services to seniors, their families, and the community. Rabina's passion for the elder population stems from her experience as an only child living over 1,000 miles away from her aging parents, who are now 91 years of age. She understands the delicate issues and decisions caregivers face. Visit olivecs.org to get further information about Olive's programs and services. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email your hosts from the Voices for Elder Care Advocacy show page on Voice America. Now, back to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Welcome back. Wasn't that great, Phyllis? Just fantastic. I, I just it, loved everything about it. It's, it's uh, it, you know, the saying that when... Uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. I think the meeting Jack has been when we are ready for this project and we meet with the person who has the missing piece, who has the technology and who has the product because uh, you and I have been talking about this project for quite some time, bringing in technology to seniors. And you've been thinking about it for many years, even before we got together. Uh, started Correct. talking. Uh, so let's uh, let's share with the listeners briefly where our conversations have taken us. Um, we're happy to share that uh, Olive Community Services and uh, Phyllis, the elder care advocate, advocate, um, and uh, IN2L are actively working on. A project which we will likely call um, mm. something um, <laughs> on a we'll virtual connections. I mean, you know, this is real time, you know. Right. It, it, it's something to do have. with all of and virtual connections and how we're going to put it all together. Um, yes. So I guess we'll figure that out. Um, it's a work in progress. It's a work in process. And we're hoping by the end of the week, we will have something online on the Olive webpage and also on the Phyllis, the Elder Care Advocate webpage. And uh, on, on a GoFundMe, right, exactly. Yes, and uh, from that will come uh, a fundraising campaign. And I'm happy to share with the listeners that we already have a, a commitment of 10 tablets um, already. Fantastic. 
from one of our sponsors. So the project is definitely a go. And there's also uh, funding available that we learned from Jack through the CARES Act that some of the care facilities are, are eligible for. And Phyllis, you're going to lead that effort to reach out to the care facilities to, and uh, and then we can help them with their application process and uh, and take their, this, uh, this project uh, further. I am very, very excited about this upcoming project and uh, and I hope that the next person will not have the kind of or will have less likely chance of having the experience that I did. Right. I want to talk to my mother on uh, on a video chat on Mother's Day weekend, but I wasn't able to book a time because they had one tablet and it was right. booked booked up for uh, the Mother's Day weekend. But I have spoken with her and I will speak with her on Thursday. I'm scheduled to right. do a video chat. I And I'm glad that you shared that. I was going to ask you about it because you had mentioned it before to me. And uh, these tablets would, would help so many families and, and residents and facilities because if they only have one or one for however many people, uh, it can be difficult to schedule those conversations. So families uh, could purchase these tablets on their own, I'm, I assume. Yes, they can. Uh, and, and we will be able to provide information for that as well. And I guess if people contact IN2L, it's never too late. Right. Um, they can inquire about that. But but this uh, initiative uh, in terms of um, sponsoring, purchasing the the tablets or uh, sponsoring the, um, the monthly subscription um, mm-hmm. will be fantastic. The uh, the money that he talked about, I thought was very interesting as somebody who's worked in so many nursing homes. It's really, it's part of this um, this monetary fund where there have been uh, penalties that have been paid in for deficiencies. And now they're allowing nursing homes to access that money to purchase, uh, to apply for grants, to purchase devices and you know, talking about something positive that has come out of this experience, I think this is one of the greatest positives that's come out of it. Oh, what do you def- think? Oh, definitely, definitely, Phyllis. And uh, we're only, you know, s- scratching at the surface and mm-hmm. uh, getting to know someone like Jack and IN2L, it's never too late. I like the full name. It's never too late. I agree. I think we will benefit tremendously. The services that we will be able to provide together to the seniors uh, will 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 benefit from this friendship uh, uh, tremendously. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. But there's, a, there's another thing that I want to bring to the attention of... Um, of uh, our listeners that Jack shared with us, that the one thing is the purchase of the tablet and the and the setting it up, and the second part is the monthly subscription. Now right. this grant may pay for the equipment, but will not pay for the monthly subscription. And, I agree. And that right. is that is where I think Olive and our group can come in and get these tablets in these communities, these seniors' communities, and over the years build up this relationship with them and help them to continue to use. And you know more than anybody, Phyllis, that the staff 
are stressed and oh. we have you know volunteers in the olive friends program so when this opens up i can just see a very excellent opportunity with uh, getting these tablets in senior facilities and 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 having their their care staff whether their recreational staff coupled with volunteers uh, you know just right. think of the uh, the impact we can make in people well and uh, and i was thinking that uh, so many high school students who are technologically savvy mm-hmm. and who have to have community service credits, that this may be a wonderful opportunity for intergenerational programming uh, between facilities and local high schools, let's say, mm-hmm. or even middle schools where mm-hmm. they could come in and work with the um, the residents on, on how to work this technology. And in the process, they could learn about their lives and the wisdom that they can impart to them. I mean, I think it could be a wonderful, wonderful partnership. I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I had been, I had mentioned a while ago about is there a way and then you told me about all of friends there are so many people in facilities that don't have family um, mm-hmm. or friends or they live very far away wouldn't it be great if we could kind of uh, develop a program where community people kind of I don't want to mm-hmm. use the word adopt but uh, kind of yeah. like it's like a not a pen pal is in writing, but which is another aspect of this. But, you know, kind of like a person to person pal. I think, uh, uh, Phyllis, you need to begin uh, attending the Olive Online programs. Right. This, on the program this Wednesday, Live, Learn, Thrive, we will have youngsters that are in a new program, which is very similar to this. And it's called Dear Oliver. And that's pen pals. That's young students. Uh, these are younger ones. Uh, and they are paired up with one of the Olivers, we call our participants. Right. And and we email each other once a week. So this is... Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, this is already in process. And I think what, what you're talking about, high school students, uh, you know, uh, pairing them up with a grandparent. Right. You know, the... And the you know it's the opportunities are there, and I think uh, we found uh, a missing piece in our approach for the last several months that you and I have been talking about in connecting uh, seniors with the community at large. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's funny that you use the word the missing piece. One of my favorite books is by Shel Silverstein, and it's called The Missing Piece. Um, you know, you know, what comes about to make a situation, you know, more complete, whether it's a person or whatever it is. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, so how we met Jack, and uh, I think I, I said in the first segment, yes, but I just did. kind of wanted to repeat that I watched a webinar. So I encourage people to be open to watch webinars at this period of time. You never know who you're going to meet and who you can reach out to and what relationship will develop from that, whether it's a business relationship, a personal relationship. I think it's uh, this is an opportune time um, that will change things in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people have said that, and this is a perfect example of it, I think. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think I, I will go one step further and uh, share with our listeners that 
if you would like to support this program please go to olive website and donate and the and the cost it's approximately $400 for the tablets it's uh, 350 plus $19 for shipping plus mm-hmm. there may be a couple of accessories like you know um, a cover or something like that so we're thinking about $400 will cover the the tablet and then it's $36 a month for the subscription and that is the software interface that IN2L has uh, has um, per- perfected and continue to work on and right. and it's it's wonderful so i you know request uh, those of you who are interested call us and uh, you can reach us on the olive website olivecs.org and over the next few days and few months and few years uh, you will see uh, this com- you know campaign coming from us uh, because this is we're just you know touching the as i say tip of the iceberg and uh, connecting communicating that's that's the first step to overcoming isolation absolutely and i just remembered that i had um submitted a, gra- a a proposal for a grant several months ago it was the first time i had ever done that it was about this very thing um it was really kind of before all of this started so it possible that we'll be able to get organizations with uh, much more financial capability as well to mm-hmm. join with us to uh, really promote this um, in facilities, whether they're long-term care facilities like nursing homes. There are 15,600 in the country, and I believe there are 28,000 um, assisted living facilities in the country. So certainly there's a great need, lots of people out there who want and need to connect with families and loved ones. Definitely. And if anybody would like to volunteer to help us implement this project, again, please go to the Olive website, olivecs.org, show your interest, and we uh, we can help do this together. Yes, that would be terrific. And, um, you know, once again, I, I just want to thank uh, Jack for being so forthcoming. Um, he's really been just such a, an, a I, I don't even know, a welcoming. Um, he welcomed us. We welcomed yes. him, but he welcomed us. And so I, it is going to be, a, I believe, a, a very fruitful relationship, not only for us, but, you know, on a, on a larger scale. And that's what this is really all about. You know, I think we should end our segment on all the places we'll go and all the people we will meet uh-huh. and all the projects we will do. Let's <laughs> let's remain open. Let's remain op- optimistic. Absolutely. And there's lots of bright things on the horizon. So on that note, uh, this is Phyllis Amen and Rubina Chaudhry for Voices for Elder Care Advocacy on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And uh, we'll be with you again next Monday. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening this week to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy. Please join your hosts, Phyllis Amon and Robina Chaudhry, again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.